Are you ready for the end of the world? Are you? Are you ready for the end of the world? Are you? No? Nobody is? Are you ready for the end of the world as we know it? Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Why? Because this is the year that we have to create. <laughs> I'm screwing it all up. <laughs> yep. This is the year we have to create change because this is the end of the world as we know it. So, this is Orda Energy Mahan. And we are here to talk about change. Yes. I got Changes a in the wind, especially the, the literal wind, the weather out there. Okay, I'm not getting anything from your mic. Uh, All right. Here we are. Hmm? <laughs> Good morning. There I am live, go. local, and in your face now. <laughs> <laughs> Tree song was not in your face before. That's why I was. You just weren't hearing me. <laughs> All right. What should we talk about? There is a lot of stuff. It is March, and in case you didn't know, um, spring is here. It was here, like, you know, a month ago. <laughs> yes, yeah, spring has sprung. So It's kind of a broken spring because it keeps going back and forth, but <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so um, we have a complete article about um, the fact and reasons why spring has sprung early. But first, let's get into Occupy Everywhere, occupyupdatesdaily.blogspot.com. Occupy. Occupy Dame Street in Ireland was evicted last night by, how do you pronounce that? <laughs> the, the Irish police? Ah, yes, Gardie. by the Gardaí. Gardaí. Occupy was given no warning before Gardaí tore into the camp, holding protesters back as they disassembled and tossed tents and structures. Some were awakened by the commotion around 3 a.m. to find uh, over 100 police in the area tearing mm. up tents. Protesters questioned the legality of the move, but were only shown documents from the 2002 Housing Act. Records of the meetings were confiscated as well as contact information for those who show support for the movement. One person was arrested. The occupiers say they will be back tonight to mm. protest. Uh, maybe they stole the contact information because their own enrollment numbers were down. <laughs> and they wanted some new recruits. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, in another Occupy news, the city of Oakland is suing a protester for damages done to a door and window during a protest back in November. The suit alleges that a police officer saw the protester swing a metal chair into the windows, breaking them before he used his body as a battering ram in an unsuccessful attempt to get inside the Oakland police-owned structure. Uh, the city attorney said the city is not wealthy, and taxpayers should not be responsible to fix the damages caused by the man. One of the attorneys for Occupy Oakland uh, stated that the lawsuit in itself will cost the taxpayers much more than the actual repair costs. The city said they will continue to review footage and file charges they see necessary. <laughs> yeah, I find that ironic, you know, when they end up spending more on prosecuting people and arresting them and, and all that sort of thing than the actual damage that was done. Huh. A, a woman protesting an illegal foreclosure of her own home is deported with no money or belongings, forced to leave her legal husband and her two young children here. And we've got a link to it on hispanicallyspeakingnews.com. So 
we tend to have a lot of links in our news, but we can't really give you those mm-hmm. links because they're ultra long. Yeah, most of these links, I mean, the, the Internet has improved in this regard, but most of these links, it would take us a half hour just to read them all to you. <laughs> like www slashes and dashes and uh, all that good stuff. So if you would like to get links to all of our um, news articles and where we get more detailed information, you will, well, you could get on our newsletter list. Um, if you don't want to be on a list, well, I can't think of an easier way to do it than just email it to people. Hmm. Yeah. Um, our email is info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Let's talk about the weather. Uh-huh. Does, did this winter seem hot to you? A little bit. Seemed a little warmer than usual. Uh, yeah. I guess sometimes being 70 degrees in the middle of winter, that was a little strange. Well, I mean, there was a few cold spikes. Yeah. I mean, um, it was definitely a schizo winter. Huh. It would be cold one day and super hot the next. Yeah. But. It didn't end up bouncing out, though, because, you know, well, we'll talk about this in the article, but, you know, it would it would be warm, warm, and then the, the cold spike would be, here's the temperature it usually should be, <laughs> you know. That's true. So yeah. it wouldn't balance out. This winter was the fourth warmest on record, according to the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration. You know how many years I've practiced trying to say <laughs> that, and I finally... Did I say it correctly? I think, I think I was you got pretty it this close. Time. Yeah. So, um, new stats from NOAA. That's the abbreviation, so I don't have to say it again. <laughs> are on the past winter, technically current, I suppose showing that in the lower 48 states it was the fourth warmest winter on record and the warmest of the 21st century. For the December to February period, the average temperature was 36.9 degrees, that being 3.9 degrees Fahrenheit warmer than the 2000 and from 2000 up to 2000 from, you know, the last century, 1901 to 2000. Yeah, the entire 20th century, the average, you know, was 33.0 from the sounds of that. And then 36.9 was the average December to February. And then 27 states had winners that ranked in their top 10 warmest. The exception was New Mexico. The only state in the nation experienced a winter colder than the long-term average. So, in, in terms of precipitation, otherwise known as rain for us... Um, Non techies, <laughs> the nation averaged 5.7. This was 0.78 inches below the long term average. So, even though I mean, we had a warm winter and we didn't have much rain, in case you guys notice, winter we usually have a lot of rain, and so here we didn't really. Um, it's it's kind of interesting talking about winter when winter technically should still be here, yeah. So, mm. Um, the only place was Alaska. The Alaska actually had a 1.4 degrees Fahrenheit below the long-term average. So, but otherwise, every other state we had above average temperatures for the huh. winter. Yeah. So, 
and above average for the last you know hundred years of recorded history. <laughs> That's kind of high, three point nine degrees higher than recorded average for a winter. Yeah, especially when you think about the fact that you know if it was at thirty three degrees, that's almost at freezing. <coughs> so basically, you're in a frost range there. If you go from thirty three to thirty six, that's a pretty significant uh, difference. Huh. So what are we supposed to do about it? Uh, so you could take a nap, close our eyes, hope everything gets better when we wake up tomorrow. <laughs> that would be nice. Or, or we could, you know, try try changing our attitude about uh, fossil fuels and that sort of thing. That, that that requires work, though. But how can one person make a difference? I mean, this is like <laughs> bigger than one person. Oh yeah, it's, it's a global problem. Uh, that's the. So the why should I question. even bother <laughs> doing anything if it's a global problem? It's not my problem. Well, because we're global people. You know, we're no, all little. We're not. We're Americans. <laughs> Oh, Americans are part of the global community. Oh, wait. America does go all the way down to Terra del Fuego, Argentina. I forgot about that. <laughs> We're United Statesians. United Statesians. Yeah, I mean, if we Estadounidense. say... Yeah, if we're Americans, that means we're part of North, Central, and South America, right? <laughs> well, it depends on how you define it. <laughs> but yeah, that is interesting. It's. It, I think we need to take a global perspective, though. Because if we keep thinking like, you know, oh, I'm not going to do anything about it, then nobody's going to do anything I about it. I don't think we need to take a global perspective. I think we need to take a humanistic exp- Is that yeah. a word? <laughs> Basically, we need to think about not saving the planet, but saving, saving ourselves. ourselves. Yeah. We don't, don't want any more extreme weather events. But if we don't here. like ourselves, why should we bother? I mean, <laughs> like, we humans are despicable. <laughs> oh, I, I, I like a lot of humans. I like most humans, honestly. <laughs> But uh, we, we, we need to have care for our fellow humans, you know, and realize that if we don't take care of the planet that we live on, a lot of our fellow humans are going to suffer. Dang it. <laughs> and I was so prepared to just save the planet, but save the humans, too? Yeah. I don't know. You guys are going to have to start being nicer to me if you want me to save you. How <laughs> well, can I save you? We could all work together. Oh, that's a good idea. So have you thought about what environmentalism <laughs> is? No, I never gave it a second thought. Yeah. <laughs> For me, environmentalism, I actually think, is the new world, maybe not religion, but spirituality. <laughs> I mean, people who practice environmentalism practice it as if they're in their church every day. <laughs> I guess the world is their church, right? I mean, yeah. what is environmentalism? Well, environmentalism isn't socialism or capitalism, so what is it? Back in 2010, I argued that environmentalism was not socialist and that we all, right-wingers and left-wingers alike, have a shared interest in keeping our planet a hospitable place to live. I am increasingly aware that we can't avoid asking the big questions of what constitutes a sensible way to structure our economy. We do know that we need to restructure it because, I mean... We need to create a sustainable economy. I mean, currently our economy works on bad things. <laughs> yeah. If bad things happen, our economy does good. Yeah, so it encourages bad things I to mean, happen. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if we have systemic war, war creates destruction, means we need more goods, Yeah. and our economy does better. Yeah. <laughs> if we have a higher cancer rate or a natural disaster, both of those create more goods and yeah. therefore you know fresh consumers <laughs> yeah i mean if you are happy and content 
it does not help the economy. Yeah. Well, that's actually what the, the U.S. supplies to the world as consumers. You know, other people export, like, I don't know, cars or computers or something like that. We export our consumption. Oh, <laughs> we, you mean unhappiness? <laughs> yeah. We, we become so unhappy that we buy more and more stuff. So there's not overproduction. Wait a second. I can't mm-hmm. buy something to make me happy? <laughs> uh, it'll make you happy so for a little while. Are you ruining my life here. Like, <laughs> I know. It's, it's I want to buy times. something. I'm going to go buy something right after this show because this is depressing me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, come it'll on. make you happy for five minutes, and then you got to find something. I'll deeper. be happy for five minutes. Now you're ruining my five minutes. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. So. It's, yeah, I like this article, though. Well, it's like nature as a model for better design. It talks about, too. Um, that we must tap into one of the most sophisticated design processes ever to have existed, evolution. Wait, there's no such thing as evolution. <laughs> now you're, you're really ruining my life. You're playing the devil's advocate today. <laughs> I am, yeah. But yeah, I, this, is, this is good because, uh, I mean, the left versus right distinction, it's a distinction that's very important and important to me, but it's also a distinction about human relations with other humans. And so people of all economic uh, backgrounds and beliefs can identify the fact that we don't currently have a very well-thought-out relationship with the non-human world. I mean, this, the simple fact is that, you know, capitalism as we define it is not part of a natural order. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's really only, what, like just over 100 years old, and it's based on having a, n- a lot of natural resources. Yeah, and all the natural resources, and you in the process you consume them. Well, if we run out of the natural growth. resources, does that mean that capitalism will could quit continuing to be? It could crash uh, if you don't have any more trees, uh, trees to provide oxygen to the planet, or fields to provide food to the humans. You know, any more animals out there, <laughs> then your economy will probably crash. However, it's structured. Huh. But yeah, that's not that's the direction we're headed in currently, is because of that that drive for expansion to continue consuming all of these natural resources and then they're gone. Now, self-interest and greed are not synonyms. The problem here is not that self-interest is promoted as an absolute. It is that self-interest is mistaken as simply looking out for number one and expressed primarily in monetary terms. And we've seen how this narrow definition has caused untold economic and environmental chaos and real human misery. So, I mean, we really have to figure out how we can create a sustainable economy. Yeah. I mean, how do you create a sustainable economy within a capitalist economy? (laughs) I mean, um, I guess, I mean, you can trade stuff. I mean, the IRS actually allows you to trade stuff in, as long as you report it. You know, yeah. you can trade goods and services. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you can have barter economies. You can have uh, cooperatives. Uh, you can have all sorts of things you can try to do. You can have friends. <laughs> yeah, friends are really good. Friends are really good. Yeah, they friends help a lot. So you can find creative ways to work with your friends to uh, sustain yourself in this economy. Yeah. I mean, money is just a teeny part of the real economy, the real economy of, you know, working together, working cooperatively. Yep. So, yeah, the new concept of economics is not capitalism. It's not communism. And it's definitely not consumerism. So what is it? Maybe creatism, uh-huh. creativism, 
creativism. That's a pretty good word. <laughs> it's a pretty attractive term if it didn't bring up um, connotation of a whole nother controversy, right? You know? <laughs> but maybe it's not an ism at all. Maybe it's just being human. Yeah. Well, one of the things they're alluding to here that I really believe is that self-interest and working for the common good don't have to be mutually exclusive. We have this idea that, oh, you know, in order to do something good for my community, I have to sacrifice (coughs) something, you know, that I have to give up things for myself for other people to be happy. But it doesn't have to be that way. You can do things that are good for you and for the planet. Like, you know, social entrepreneurs. Isn't that what most religions actually speak of? To, To give of yourself makes yourself bigger yeah i mean it's kind of what the majority of major religions i think all of them really do that you are bigger than yourself yeah and if you do things that you know maybe aren't in the immediate self-interest it actually creates you know it creates if you create better things for the everybody it creates better things for yourself yeah <laughs> isn't that that movie pay it forward pay that it was forward. the whole concept <laughs> yeah. was if you did something good for somebody else, who knows? It might do something good for you. Yeah. There's also a great song from uh, Sesame Street. It's called uh, Cooperation Makes It Happen that we should play here next time on the radio show. All right. Because, uh, you know, working together to towards common ends is, is one of the great greatest things about humanity. You know, we, we're very individually motivated, but we're also very cooperative. So the best things happen when people with a lot of energy and good ideas work together to do something new. And what kind of brought this uh, news article on was the fact that, um, well, we got hit by unusual weather and it wiped out Harrisburg. Yeah. And the outpouring of help for people who needed help. Now, there it's an extreme case, but people need help always. Yeah, people need help every day. You know, even the most self-sufficient person needs something. Yeah. I mean, they need love. They need, you know, you can be as self-sufficient as possible and you still need something from somebody else. Yeah. And so if you don't give that something, you're not going to get that something. It's so, I mean, the outpouring of care for someone who got hit by, you know, a climate climatic. um, Uh, Yeah, climactic event. uh, I mean, what (laughs) was it? Climatic (laughs) event. I recently read that. In January last year, we had about 30% of the tornadoes we've had so far this year. <laughs> so literally, we've had three times as many tornadoes this year as we did the same time period last year. Yeah. And that hasn't really been as as bad as the fact that every tornado that does hit are extreme. Yeah. I mean, a category... Well, it was 175 mile an hour winds. Yeah, I mean, I just cannot imagine that. And we we got hit with the derecho in Carbondale. Yeah, and that was like gusts of 120. Yeah, that was just gusts of it. Yeah, it was 80 mile an hour winds with gusts of 100. Uh-huh. Now there, they got hit by 175 mile an hour yeah. straight winds. Straight wind just barreling through the yeah. And it was only 600 yards wide. That's yeah. it. I mean, or <laughs> That's it's two, lo- no, it's two hundred no, yards. It's two hundred yards wide, six hundred feet wide. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't even like this big, yeah. big, you know, a small. Yeah, know? but that's pretty big when the winds are that fast. You know, it can do a lot. So uh, you know, it's 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 hard to be sure with any one particular weather events. You know, whether it's related to climate change or not. But it's a reminder of the trend, and the trend is very worrying. We need to 
Uh, we, we need to act, uh, you know, we don't need to act out of fear, but we need to act out of a place of, con- you know, conscious living to live sustainably. Well, the government has come up with something. FEMA, hmm. the Federal Emergency Management Associations, pushes for disaster-proof green buildings. Hmm. So let's try to offset the climate, right? If yeah. we have a green building, there's less chance of, you know, if, if we... L- if we don't pollute the environment, we'll have less climate, climatic, I can't even say it now. I got a clogged up nose. Um, so if we have a green building, we'll have less problems with the climate. And if we have lots of climate problems, we might as well make the green building disaster proof. Yeah. That's kind of a catch-all, end-all, save, solve all the problems. Anyway, let's see. Apocalypse-proof buildings? I don't know. Is that possible? At least let's create something that... The fact, simple fact that FEMA's actually been working on this is pretty interesting. Do you remember 2005 when we had all those hurricanes? Mm-hmm. I don't. You do? Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> really? Huh. And climate scientists said there's a lot more to come. So the solution is, if we're going to have all this coming, let's get smarter on how and where we build. Well, the majority of what we build right now is within, I don't know, 30 miles of major water. So the majority of places where we build are like right along rivers and right along the ocean. So I mean, we're going to get hit by a lot of weather. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. That's one of the challenges. You know, if you get if you built in that place and it gets destroyed, I mean, unfortunately, at this point, you may want to just build in another place. You know, don't necessarily need to. Uh, yeah. Historically, they've been building. Um, Engineers use something called a typical meteorological year, which, of course, is derived from past climate conditions. Now, what are you supposed to do when, you know, you're building a building based on historical stuff, but yet the future is going to be completely different? Yeah, that's one of the challenges you face, you know, is designing for the future. I mean, for example, many of today's green buildings... (laughs) rely on low nighttime temperatures to cool them off after hot days. Oh, yeah. And that's what something they're going to say with climate change is we're going to not have cool night temperatures anymore. So the temperature is not going to cool off. So So in a new report called Green Building and Climate Resilience, the authors went region by region to identify the risk associated with changing climate. The list looks like the ten plagues, minus, of course, the rivers turning into blood. Huh. Whoops, there goes that one. A partial accounting includes extreme heat events, shorter winters, more frequent droughts, rising sea levels, higher intensity hurricanes and storm surges, heavier downpours, declining air quality. Yes, the ten plagues. <laughs> the ten plagues. But there's some good news. It's that a lot of the things we're doing to green our buildings today will actually make them more resilient in the long run. So yeah, that's good. If you would like a link to the complete 
news article, send me an email at info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Mm. We only have a couple minutes left. We better get into happenings. Yes. <laughs> do you want to do any of the holidays too, or do you want to jump straight to happenings? Let's see. Well, today happens to be panic day. <laughs> so, um, probably should panic about the environment a little bit. <laughs> um, it's probably the reason is because Lent begins. Is that the reason why we're <laughs> panicking? I don't know why it's panic day. I haven't heard of that one before. Yep. Uh, so let's see. Any. It's highlight? also the birthday of Amerigo Vespucci, who uh, oh. America, the Americas, are named after. They Wait. Got, they kind of got his name a little wrong when they named it America, but Amerigo Vespucci. All right. Let's see if there's any. Monday is International Fanny Pack Day. That's a good one. Uh-huh. So, um, Tuesday is Check Your Batteries Day because Daylight Savings Times begins. We need to, That's an important one. Tuesday is also Good Samaritan Involvement Day. Um, uh-huh. Any other one? The anniversary of the earmuffs. <laughs> there you go. And Pi Day on Wednesday because it's 314. <laughs> Oh, right. You know, pi is 3.141526. <laughs> That's not it. Keep going. Keep no, going. <laughs> we'll be here all day. <laughs> Happenings. International Coffee Hour. Fridays from 3 to 5 at the Northwex Annex Building B. Mixed with people from all over the world. Yes, and then we also have a Friday regular happening is Rice and Spice over at uh, Guy House, 913 South Illinois. This week's Rice and Spice will be a holiday festival. Uh, this is a uh, Indian party, and there will also be open mic entertainments. This is a festival of colors. Uh, it's celebrated in the full moon of spring. Uh, so this year it's March eight to nine. So the timing works out really well. Some other, uh, let's see, vigil for peace on Saturdays noon to one at the corner of Maine and Illinois, sponsored by the Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois. <laughs> yeah. Also on Fridays. The open mic night at the Guy House starting at 6 p.m. and running until dinner is served at Rice and Spice. Um, the last few weeks have been phenomenal with uh, music and poetry and songs and dances from many different languages. <laughs> yeah, it's been really great. We had uh, a an unofficial first open mic night because it got listed in the nightlife earlier. And so we had one because it was listed. <laughs> and then our first official one was last week. And uh, it, it's really fun. Survival 101. This Sunday, March 11th at 2 p.m. at the Giant City Visitors Louds. You are lost in the woods? Yes. The sun is going down. Yes. It is getting cold. What do you do next? Well, you come to the Giant City Visitors Lounge on Sunday, and they'll tell you. you know? <laughs> well, like, you use your smartphone to find where you are on the map. And <laughs> <it's just laughs> if you don't have a smartphone, though, <laughs> you gotta you got to get there. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so survival skills are extremely important. You know, yeah. it's easy to get lost unexpectedly in the woods and then not know what to do. <coughs> so it it's is good easy. to know what to do. Well, I mean, it, it, you know, it's kind of easy. Well, it is easy nowadays because most people think I'll just use my smartphone again. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, that seems to be pretty much people get lost in their cars because well, they'll just yeah. like, I'll just call up the GPS on the you know <laughs> yeah and get me out of here. People don't even look at. People don't carry maps, I don't think, in their cars anymore. No, I don't think they do. No. So. Yeah. You know. And that, that smartphone idea is great until you realize you didn't charge it, you know, today and <laughs> you're out there without a smartphone. Yeah. So. It's good to know which way is north. <laughs> That's true. 
Well, if you have a smartphone on the smartphone, it's got a compass. <laughs> There's an app for that. Yeah, you can just like up. Oh, it's it's not working. Let's download the compass. Yeah. <laughs> There's also several all natural apps for finding north that don't require batteries. <laughs> what an all natural app. <laughs> so, um, the science center on Thursday, March 22nd, will talk about the curse of climate. Tree ring records of drought and disaster. Man, that sounds intense. Yeah. So, um, the, the they will talk about that. I will try to remember to put this back on the calendar closer to the date. But Thursday, March twenty second, at this the Science Center. It's the Science Cafe meeting. So, any other happenings? Oh, that sounds like a good one. That's a good one to finish with because we're right at time. It looks like. Will do. Um. There are collecting shoes for souls shoe drive all over starting um, just started, but it'll go through March 25th. If you have extra mm-hmm. shoes and you would like to um, send them to people who need shoes. Yeah, there are over 300 million people around the world without shoes. And uh, this souls for sho- souls for souls. I like it. You got to see it in print to get the full pun. But, you know, shoe souls for the, the human soul. <laughs> Uh, so Souls for Souls is having a uh, drive. Uh, they've already started, and there are collection uh, boxes at the Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship, the Neighborhood Co-op, SIU Recreation Center, Rural King in Carbondale, and Guy House Interfaith Center at 913 South Illinois. So there's all sorts of wonderful places to drop those off. And shoes are really important. Like, you know, I spent a summer uh, living in the woods uh, and had boots uh, for that, and the boots started to wear down. And it made me realize how important it is to have good shoes, good socks. Well, according to this news article, there are 1.5 billion unused shoes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I know I probably have 10 pairs in my closet, but I know there's nobody on earth that has the same <laughs> big ass feet as I do. Well, there's someone in some country who's saying, oh, I get <coughs> these other shoes and they don't quite fit me. If only I had wide shoes, you know, like <laughs> someone somewhere is going to donate me those wide shoes. <laughs> All right, we'll see you again on the radio next week. Yes, same bat time, same bat channel. Oh, don't slip that in. Come on. <laughs> we, we, we can't guarantee what the weather will be, but it'll be this time and this place. <laughs>